you have to look in their eyes directly and say, you matter. You, you matter because you're going to accomplish so many great things in life. And you feed that into them every single week. When they get in a situation that uh, they're being bullied, they now have the ammunition, not, not the physical ammunition, but the verbal ammunition in a positive way to look to someone who's being bullied and say, hey, that's not right. Welcome to Power Up Your Performance, where we talk about how you can learn to think, feel, perform, and live like a champion. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. My name is Kim Peek. I'm the author of Holistic Endurance Training, the Integrated Approach to Thriving as an Athlete. I help women rediscover their passion and live empowered and fulfilled lives through movement, mindset, and journaling strategies. Now where I live, we start back to school this week. The older kids will attend virtually for the first couple of weeks, and then the younger kids are going to go in a hybrid situation where they do some of their learning at school, physically, in person, and then some of the learning online. But every year when it's time for back to school, I think of two things. Number one, back to school is a great time to take a look at your habits and see what's working in your routines and what you could adapt. This is where some of those journaling strategies I talk about come in, where we talk about the three R's, record, reflect, refine. So taking note of your habits, writing them down in your journal, reflecting on those, seeing what works, and then adapting or refining from there and making changes so that you have something that truly works for you. I do this a few times a year, and it seems like back to school time January 1st, spring break, and then the beginning of summer are the most natural times, at least for me to do this. So you can kind of tell that my life is still stuck to my kids' school schedules. But I think the change in seasons or shift in school schedules, with those, our routines change. And it's just a natural time to reflect on what's working and what needs to change. And this can be related to things like your nutrition, maybe planning out your snacks, If you tend to eat a lot when the kids first get home from school, what are those snacks going to be? Planning out evening meals, thinking about how you're packing lunches, things like that. It could also be looking at how you'll get your daily exercise in if your waking and sleeping routine changes a little bit with people getting up maybe earlier than they have been throughout the summer. And it could even be things like how you communicate as a family, whether that's all the emails and all the notes that come in, or whether you're going to sit down as a family and have dinner and what those conversations are going to look like. And are they going to be meaningful conversations? These are all things that you can look at this time of year and just see, are they working for you? And if not, here's a great time to naturally adapt how you're doing some of the things that you do. The other thing I think about a lot this time of year is bullying. And at the start of the school year, you have all these kids who are thrown together. And in this case, a lot of these kids haven't seen each other since March. And they're all going to start the school year jockeying for position so they can see who's going to be at the top of that popularity pyramid. And unfortunately, on that climb to the top, people often disregard the feelings of others. And you get a lot of trash talking and gossiping and just saying mean things about people who have been their friends since they were tiny, all to achieve a certain status. 
and also that they can feel superior to others to in the eyes of other students. I have three girls and I have been through it all with them. I don't know what makes these girls act so horribly toward each other, but I always have thought that mean girls grow up to be mean adults. They're the mean moms, the mean women that you have in the office. They're the mean moms that you experience with certain cliques with the kids. And so I think it's important to start the beginning of the school year, this new season in our lives, knowing, remembering, being conscious of the fact that the person on the receiving end of the bullying or that queen bee behavior does not deserve the horrible things that these kids are doing to each other. And we are going to talk about bullying on today's episode. Today's guest is Thomas Russell, and he's the author of Finding Your True North, A Bullied Teen's Journey of Hope. And he's an anti-bullying advocate and radio host on W4WN.com. Before we get into the interview with Tom, I want to say this. If your child is being picked on, or their so-called friends are gossiping about and trash-talking them, they are not the problem. I'll repeat, they are not the problem. It's the queen bee, or that person who wants the top status, the one that wants to be in control of everybody's popularity and social status. She is the problem. She is insecure, and she makes herself feel better By putting others down, by putting others down, it gives her a sense of superiority. In her mind, it elevates her social status when she tears others apart because she thinks it shows others how much better she is than the person she's trying to turn the whole group against. I focus on the mean girl because that's been my experience, but boys, of course, experience bullying too. And we can experience these behaviors as adults in our workplaces, at church, in our neighborhoods, and in the organizations and activities that our kids are part of or that we volunteer for on behalf of our kids. I did a podcast on the topic of queen bees two years ago, and here's some of the research I dug up back then. Sharice Nixon, PhD, co-author of Girl Wars, 12 Strategies That Will End Female Bullying, and an assistant professor of developmental psychology at Pennsylvania State University in Erie says that mean girls often exhibit jealousy, feelings of superiority, poor impulse control, and lack of empathy. She also believes girls bully when their basic needs of self-acceptance, belonging to a group, control, and meaningful existence are thwarted. She says that these needs apply to everyone, children, and adults, And people will do what they need to do to get those needs met. I'm going to turn it over now to Tom Russell to show us some of the strategies he teaches. He shows kids how to believe in themselves and have resilience so they can take back that power. Welcome to the show, Tom. I'm so excited to have you here today. I so appreciate you having me on the show, Kim. It's uh, it's very kind of you to, to ask me to come on your show. Now, were you bullied yourself or how did this become a topic that you're passionate about? Yeah, I get asked that a lot because when I, when I speak to, to kids in schools, I always get to ask that question because, you know, a lot of people write books about uh, bullied. They've gone through something so traumatic. They, they figured that the best way to do this is to 
share it with others. But mine, mine was, mine was when I was like in middle school. Uh, my, my, <laughs> I had, I had this big nose because I, uh, mm-hmm. I was, I was thin, but I always had this big nose, and I hated seeing, seeing these profile shots of my nose. And then I get the comments from from these kids, like, uh, you know, you get Pinocchio competition. Uh, your nose arrives in the room five minutes before you do. Uh, your nose needs its own zip code. You know, oh. those types of things. So those those kind of things that it kind of resonated with me because I felt like uh, I, I identified myself by how I looked. I, I hated looking in the mirror. I hated to look at pictures. And... And so consequently, I was very self-conscious about that. But over time, I don't know what, it wasn't like a light bulb moment for me, particularly when I got in high school, but I, I just made the decision that it really didn't matter what I looked like anymore. And, and that my confidence level grew, even though I knew that I, have a bit, I had, a, had a big nose and I, I got big ears and all that sort of stuff. But uh, this is the way God has uh, blessed me, and I figured this is something that I wanted to do. So, but for to answer your question about the bullying part, it wasn't that traumatic for me to write the book. So, uh, 13 years ago, I connected with an organization called Five Star Life, and we talked about uh, we always talk about these five core values of sacrifice, integrity, respect, responsibility, and courage. And I wanted to write a book about that, those type of things. And I was trying to figure out a platform to do this. And I, I wanted to, because we always talk about bullying to the kids in middle school. And I wanted to use the platform of bullying to introduce the character in the book to those five core values. So he learns to help build up his, his self-esteem. So I kind of went through it in a backward way, looking at a positive positive aspect of, of, of being bullied, where you can work your way out, find solutions uh, about uh, building yourself up. So what are some of the strategies that you have learned? You've been doing this for a while and talking to a lot of people at this point. Right. What are some of the right. strategies that you've learned that people can use when they're in this situation? Well, it depends on the situation because I've talked to kids, obviously, but I've also talked to a lot of adults. You know, we're talking about workplace bullying, uh, narcissism, um, and the general theme that you need to really focus on is you. It's not, it's not about the person who is oppressing you. It's about how you react as an individual and how you want to react. So you have to build up your, your own self-esteem. And, and when you get, particularly when you're working with kids, you have to find a way for the kids to react back to, to uh, for instance, if someone comes up and insults you as, as a kid, uh, this is what I always tell the kids. It says, look, you know, uh, Bob, you know, I thought Jim over there in the, the corner over there would be the kind of person who would say something as nasty as the thing that you just told me. But I, you know what? I thought you had more character than that. I, I thought you had it all together and that you wanted to treat people with, with respect. Obviously, that's a mouthful. You, could you tell a middle school kid to say that? Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard. But right. it's, how, it's how you say this to an individual. Yeah, that to someone is doing this because what it does, you, you automatically you've taken that power away from from that person who wants to oppress you. And I hate the word bully, but it, unfortunately, you know uh, that's the vernacular everyone uses. But that the thing is, you have to take power, you have to take control of that situation, and then you walk away. But all the while, you're not doing this uh, in a in a confrontational way. 
because you say this is exactly how I said that, you know, I thought you were the kind of person that had more character than that. And then you smile and then you walk away. And that's just, that's just one way to do this. But the bottom line is, is you take control. You take that power away from that, that person who wants to make you feel bad because you know what? Uh, I think everyone would agree that someone who decides they want to make someone else feel bad, they feel bad about themselves more than they do about that person. Right. Uh, it's, it's, it's not about, um, it's not about anger and it's not about, uh, confrontation or conflict. It's a, about contempt they have contempt for themselves and so therefore they need to uh, react towards someone else to to uh kind of elicit that kind of response from somebody else so what about like a kid who is experiencing bully from bullying from somebody who's in a position of authority like a summer camp counselor or a summer camp director or a teacher at school what, what do you suggest in a case like that? Uh, it's you have to go at the, the the chain of command, okay? Um, the, but the thing is, is that you know, it's just like it, it, particularly if you're working in a job situation, right? Because you always worry about if I try to respond and say, "Hey, I don't think that's right. I don't think you should be treating or talking to me like that," because you're worried about losing your job. And so, if when you talk about with kids, uh you're, 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 uh, what you need to do as a child is to go to that teacher and say, Hey, this is how I feel about the situation. And if the teacher has, uh, any respect or responsibility, they're going to listen to the kid. And if that doesn't work, then you go up the chain of command and, until the situation gets resolved. And the biggest thing is what happens with a lot of kids is they keep it silent. And when they keep it silent, it starts to build up. And after a while, if, if a teacher or, or, or a, a classmate or someone who is you're working with constantly berates you, eventually you're going to start feeling, well, you know, what they're telling me, it must be true because they keep coming at me with the same kind of thing. And if you, if you hold that silence in, you're going to start feeling that, uh, you know, if it's not just, it's not going to be just that issue. There's going to be other issues because you're going to start believing this. Because what happens is we have 60 to 70,000 thoughts in a day. 80% of what we think about is negative. And the following day, 95% of those same thoughts keep creeping in. So what you have to do is you have to reprogram your mind uh, to think in a more positive way. And when you start talking to kids this way is, is when you start saying, okay, you need to go to talk to someone else. Uh, but you do it with the confidence level that it's going to get going to get taken care of. And the biggest thing is you need to talk to your parents because your parents need to know what's going on. A lot of kids are scared to tell their parents because they don't want to seem like they're weak because, you know, when I grew up, because I'm 58 years old, um, my dad would have said, suck it up, buttercup, because you're just going to have to um, figure it out yourself, you know, stand up for yourself. And sometimes my dad never said this, but he said he would. You know, a lot, a lot of fathers say, "Go beat him up." You know, obviously, I don't, I don't uh, promote that at all. Going back then to talking about confidence, and you have something that you call your five core values. Can you talk a little bit right. about those? Right. The uh, you know, we talk about with these kids. You know, um, like I said before, we talk about uh, sacrifice which is taking your eyes off someone else 
and and putting them on some uh, another person. That's that's one of the things that we uh, interpret uh, sacrifice or giving up something else for something better. And integrity is who you are when nobody's looking. Um, respect is obviously is is uh, everyone knows the, the the definition of respect. You know, if you want respect, you you um, have to respect others. But it's more than that. Is you need to give respect to those people who don't give respect to you, and that's hard to do. Uh, because uh, in the general society right now basically is is you diss me, I'm going to diss you. You know that's just that's unfortunately that's the way way it is. Uh, the uh, other ones you sacrifice for uh, responsibility is is um, it's how you react uh, to situations. Um, in other words, if somebody if somebody disses you, you have the responsibility to react in a way uh, that puts you in a good light. So sacrifice, respect, courage. Courage is doing the right thing when uh, doing the right thing is not the the most accepted way to do it. Uh, because a lot, a lot of kids, a lot of people don't have the courage. They know what's right. But a lot of times they feel that society says uh, you need to do the wrong thing because everyone else is doing it. So do these... Five core values then apply to the person who's being bullied, or do they apply to the person who is the oppressor? Well, it, it I guess you'd say it, it, it applies to both. You know, it those five core values is not just related to to being bullied. It's a universal message for everyone to live by. So that's the reason why we we promote these things. We talk about these to to the kids is. Um, in every life situation that you come through, if you live by those five core values and any situation, whether it's bullying or, or, um, or in a case where you see someone being uh, bullied or, or someone who is, is going through a bad situation in their life, uh, that's, that's where you sacrifice yourself for others. So it's just, so I don't want to tie it into just bullying because that, that just d- diminishes what those five core values would be. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, talk about the five-star life, that mentoring organization. What are they and how do they help? We started this. Uh, I've been uh, doing five-star life for about 13 years. I'm a volunteer coach. And uh, what we do is we go into middle schools and we – Work with the kids to uh, basically and uh, to break it down to the uh, most simplistic way as we teach these kids that they are worth it. So I try to go back to where when I was in middle school. That is the most awkward time in your life because you're just trying to do trying to find out what um, what you're where you're going. You know what what's how you define your life because you don't really have a clue. Because you're just right in the middle. That's why they call it middle school. And so when the organization was started, we wanted to work with middle school kids to help um, direct them in the right path. And when, we, when, when I wrote the book and I titled it Finding New True North, this is what we talk about with, with these kids is you need to find out what you want to do with your life and focus on that. And then a lot of times what happens is when you, when you um, go through life, you have all these path, pathways in your life that take you away from that path of finding your true north. And, 
and the, the thing is, is once you see that thing that you want to get, whatever goal it is, whatever dream you want to have, those other pathways that are trying to dissuade you for or keep you away from doing where you want to go. This is, this is what we focus on with, with these kids. And for uh, 24 weeks, we work with these kids on a day to day, uh, weekly basis for two hours a week. The reason why I've been doing this for so long is I've seen how kids have been transformed because when they start, when they start five star life, a lot of them just don't have any idea what they want to do with their life. So we give them focus. We give them a dream. We say, you can do whatever you want to do. And if you, um, if you believe that you buy into that, there's, there's so many things because we talk about grades constantly with these kids. And I've seen so many kids go from, you know, you know, C's, D's and F's to A's and B's because now they have someone who's telling them they can do it. And that, that it's a matter of a trust issue with these kids because a lot of times they're not getting it home. And this past season, I had one kid say, you know what? You're more of a father to me than my father. Aww. And, and that just, that just, had tore me up because it's like I felt great about it, but at the same time, I have him only for two, you know, two days a week and some other extracurricular things we do. But I only have him two days a week. But he has to go home to a father like that, and so uh, I take that uh, meaning that I have to work harder and in, in in teaching the kids that they need to be independent of thought. You know, when they go home, they can take these five-star values that we teach these kids and live it regardless of what their family situation is. So are you saying that if a kid has belief in their self and confidence that they're not, that they're resistant to bullying? Is that what you're trying to say? Well, they're not resistant to bullying because um, they're going to experience it throughout their entire life. But what Five Star does, what we try to teach these kids is, is resilience and for them to have th- their own personal character that um, you don't have to, you know, you have to have, you don't have to rely on someone else to uh, make yourself happy. Does that make sense? It yeah. basically says that you, if you have to rely on someone else, whether they're bullying you or not, um, then you're not really focused on what, where you really want to go with your life because it, it's all a matter of trying to build up your own self-esteem. You have to make that decision. You can't wait for someone else to tell you, hey, you're great. You're, you're fantastic. It's, it's nice to say those things, but you have to start believing in yourself. And you have to look as a, as a five-star coach, you have to look in their eyes directly and say, you matter. You, you matter because uh, you're going to accomplish so many great things in life. And you feed that into them every single week. Um, when they get in a situation that uh, they're being bullied, they now have the ammunition, not, not the physical ammunition, the, the verbal ammunition in a positive way to look to someone who's being bullied and say, hey, that's not right. Um, you need to rethink what you're, what you're talking about, but you don't even try to get in confrontation. You just walk away. And, I don't, and the thing is, is when you're being bullied and everything, you hear this all the time, right? Just ignore them. That's fine and well, but what happens to those people who ignore and then walk away and they feel crappy because they feel like, well, even though they, I'm walking away, I still feel the same. I still feel that they, they won over me because I feel like what they told me is true. Because when you, like say, for instance, you walk through the uh, 
uh, grocery grocery line and you see these magazines, you see, you know, Br- Brad Pitt, Marius and Alien. Okay. And then, then you say, well, that's fine. Well, that's just a bunch of junk. And then you read the next one. It says, Brad Pitt, Marius and Alien. Well, if both magazines are saying it's true, well, gosh, it must be true, right? So when someone insults you, someone bullies you and, they, and says, you're an idiot. And then another person comes up, says, you're, you're an idiot. And they say this over and over and over again. You're going to start believing it. And you don't, even believe, you don't even necessarily believe it's true, but someone else is telling you that. And that's where you have to have that resilience. You have that that character that uh, that uh, you're you're you've been, you've put yourself in a situation where you're not going to have a hard time getting out of it. Okay, so that all makes sense to me. Then you're basically helping people develop the skills to have resilience, so that they don't believe everything that the bullies are telling them. Right. So the only place. I'm still stuck then where I just don't believe that there's the tools here and maybe you can help me figure this out is when right. the person is in a position of authority or has power over the, over you, you can't just walk away sometimes. A lot of times I, it's no. abusive and depending on where you are in your stage of life, you can't, you could quit your job if the office ladies are being mean all every day because it's, it's driving you crazy. You could quit your job but maybe you're not financially in a position to do something. So, I mean, what do you do in those situations? You have to, that's hard to think because I've had people on my show who have gone through that and they, you know, like one, one woman, uh, she, three and a half years of this constant battle, but she kept, and what happens is, is she developed PTSD and she, in fact, she, she tried to commit suicide um, in front of her uh, uh, stepson. And, but she, she got to the point where finally she said she, she couldn't, she couldn't take it anymore. So it's, when you're talking about with someone in authority, it's a little bit trickier because of this, the consequences of what, what you have to do, but that's where you go to the human resources and you say, this is what's going on. Um, And it's up to human resources to take care of it. And a lot of times uh, it's it's a no win situation because you're you're going in trying to resolve this situation because you you can't get it resolved with the other person, uh, but it it always depends on the power level of that person as far as uh, the um, you know what power that person has over you and that that the problem is is when you're dealing with the supervisor uh, they know they have the power because, you know, if you say that, you know what, Joe, that's not right. You shouldn't have said that to me. You shouldn't have done that to me. Um, but if you don't do this, it goes back to when a lot of people who have been bullied as a kids, they walk into a job situation, remembering how they felt when they were kids. And this is how they want to react when, when they go into a job situation. Well, I, I had, I had to, deal with it when i was a kid that way this is how i this is how i dealt with it this is how i have to deal with it now and just suck it up and you have to as an individual you have to stand up for yourself but in a way where it's it's non-confrontational and it's constructive and you have to tell the person this is how you feel because if you don't do this i'm sorry uh it's going to be a world of hurt if you continue to do this over and over again and and i i hear this all the time from from my guests and from other people is they end up uh, being worse for the wear. You know, I, um, 
I talked to a girl that I went to school with in sixth grade and I'm, and she was bullied relentlessly. And she, uh, I met her 40 years later and I asked her, uh, obviously, and I told her, I apologize for how I, I, I treated her. And I don't think it was really that bad. I don't want to go into the story cause we don't have time, but I asked her, so did you get over it? And he says, you know what? I've never gotten over it. I've, I've carried those scars for the past 40 years. And it's affected everything in my life, my personal relationships, my working relationships, everything in my life. It all boils down to what happened during my childhood. So she painted herself as a victim. And I'm not saying that's initially, that's a bad thing, but I'm not trying to demean her for it. It's just when you paint yourself as a victim all the time, you're going to be the victim. You have to, you have to walk away from that victim mentality uh, because if, if you don't, you're, you're going to suffer the consequences on every everything that you go through in life not just work it's going to be your personal relationship everything else yeah that's what i worry about this kind of stuff is the long-term consequences i know with my kids we have gone through a couple of situations where it was a teacher and you go all the way up the chain of command and finally when nothing is done there's no option but to drop that class or not take the elective the following year or we had another situation where it was an outside organization that we belong to. And my girls dealt with just a variety of things that now I would probably classify as some sort of abuse where, again, you bring it to the powers that be and they blow it off or, oh, no, but so-and-so says that this is the version of the story and this is what really happened. And again, we had to cut ties with those people. And I guess my we're fortunate that my girls have enough self-esteem that they know that they were not the ones in the wrong and it was the adults who were the, in the wrong in those situations. Well, and then you have to determine how important whatever situation you're in, how important you want to stay in that situation. You know, it, it, you know is it because you really like what you're doing uh, or is it because you feel it's necessary you need to do this? Uh, you have to ask that question, and I'm glad that you were able to get involved with that. And a lot of a lot of kids that I've talked to, a lot of parents I've talked to, said they went to, uh, they went above and beyond of trying to go through the supervisors and up the chain, chain of command with uh, the school system and all that sort of stuff. And they went uh, through social media. And uh, I don't necessarily recommend that all the time, but um, something needs to be brought up to let let the organization know the school administration know that you're not going to let it let it let it let or let it stand the way it is but but don't do it at the expense of trying to find happiness because uh um or you want to try to get back at someone because it's uh it's kind of counterproductive counterintuitive to the way we we should uh live live as as adults because even though you feel, even though you feel wronged, and it is wrong, um, at some point your your own mental health is more important than trying to prove prove that you're right, uh, because you're dealing with individuals who, man, I don't want to get political, but it's it's it's, but you you, you see this in in today's political society right now. I'm I'm right, you're wrong. No matter what you say, it's not going to change the situation. Mm-hmm. because I'm always going to be right. You know, and, and each, both sides are going to say, no, I'm right. My opinion is right. And I'm thinking, what's the point? 
because no matter what, if you try to sway someone else because of your, your, uh, with your opinion or, or you try to sway someone else in the situation where you feel some you're being bullied. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to share about your book or the five core values or your radio show that I didn't ask you? Well, um, I'm always on the lookout for any, uh, for people who want to talk about, about, uh, their bullying experiences, but more importantly, someone who's gone through a, a challenging or traumatic experience in their life, and I want to find out. Um, my whole show is about solutions. You know, I don't want to talk about problem after problem after problem. I want to talk about problem and how you solve the solve the problem, solve and made make a solution. So I'm always looking for guests. So if anybody uh, is interested, my show is on uh, w4wn.com. And it's it's an internet radio that's the highest rated women's network in the world, and uh, my show is called Life Without Limits. And so, if anybody wants to look it up on iHeartRadio, you can look that up. And I've got like seventy uh, podcasts on there that you can you can listen to. And what you're going to listen to is some incredible people that uh, uh, have shared some. Uh, Kim, I mean, if you could listen to some of these shows, you, you just want to cry because of what they've gone through. But then uh, at, at the end, you're going to say, man, this is great because this is this is this inspires me because I'm going through some junk in my life and this person has gone through even worse than I've got. Look where they got. And that's why that's why I'm doing the show is because I, I, I feel like, uh, you know, I'm I'm helping inspire other people and, and allowing someone a, a forum to tell their story because a lot of times they can't they can't tell their story and this is you know i've got i've got hundreds of thousands of listeners who listen worldwide and they they might be going through the same thing you know and that's why i'm doing the show that sounds great wait end each podcast with the same question power up your performance is all about learning how to think feel perform and live like a champion what are three traits that you believe all champions possess well, there, there's uh, lots of the, one of the biggest things that um, I look at uh, as far as the champion champions go is uh, how to how to deal with failure because so many people they go through failure a lot and when I when I go through when I was trying to promote promote my book and go into different different uh, media's and things like that. <coughs> the worst that was ever going to happen to me was someone saying no. If you can get past the no, um, then all you're saying is, okay, that's fine. I'm failing, but I'm failing forward. And that the, to eliminate that fear of failure, you're going to be able to do accomplish so many different things. Um, and then uh, um, another, another thing is, let me make sure I get this right here. Um, you have to have the confidence that you, you can do whatever it is that you do want to accomplish. Um, and you don't let that, let everything stop you. And th there's so many different things. I have like, I have like 10 of them, but I'm not going to go through this, but you have to, um, you have to have the passion to do what you want to do. And then, and the sacrifice, you've got to give up so many different things to, uh, achieve the things you want to do in life and you have to have that discipline because if you don't have that discipline you're going to have some some things and this is why i talk about finding your true north is 
if you want to be a champion in life, if you want this goal, this dream that uh, is really important to you, if you don't have the discipline to do this, um, you're going to have all these different distractions that's, that's going to take you away from your ultimate goal. Those are great. I like those. Well, thank you so much for being on my show. It was a lot of fun talking to you. Well, I appreciate that, Kim. I hope you found that conversation with Tom Russell helpful. I will include links to his book and his radio show in the show notes. I thought I would close out with just a couple of tactical things that maybe you as parents might like to try at home just to help build your own child's resilience and improve their communication skills. Number one, lead by example. Avoid trash talking your own friends or your daughter's friends or your son's friends. Practice kindness and empathy. Number two, keep adult conversations private. Don't confide in the kids you are supposed to be leading. Don't pit the kids against each other. Don't give kids information you expect them to keep secret, especially if it gives them power over the other kids or the other students or if the information deals with someone else's private situation. Number three, teach your child to stand up for those who are being bullied. Number four, model having the courage to stop the conversation and practice phrases your child can use. Number five, teach your child to find the confidence to be the one person to stand up for what's right in those challenging situations. Number six, practice gratitude, empathy, and self-love as a family. Number seven, keep confidence journals together. Number eight, work to talk about ideas, hobbies, travel, things that excite you, rather than talking about people. This is such a big one. We get in this habit of gossiping about people. Try to elevate your conversations and talk about things that are important, not people, but ideas. Number nine, make it a habit to recap the day at dinner or before bed or first thing in the morning. Have each person talk about something positive that happened that day or the day before and an act of kindness they performed that will get you in the habit of thinking outside of yourself, focusing on what you can control and just being nice to people. And number 10, model kind behaviors, such as giving compliments to strangers, helping those who look like they need assistance, holding doors for others, making small talk with the people who are kind of the invisible people, the people that you don't really notice as you go about your day because they're there to perform a task. Just be nice. Always remember that the words you repeat to yourself throughout your day matter. So believe you are talented, capable, and strong, or whatever else you want to be. Teach your kids to think that way. Build them up so that they have that belief in themselves. I know it might feel awkward. Maybe it's not within your comfort zone. Help your children learn how to journal. Help them come up with some positive mantras that they can repeat to themselves throughout the day. Have them work with you at night before bed to talk about three good things that happened during their day or three things they love about themselves. And 
practice together standing up for people when that mean talk starts coming into play. Help them learn to say things like, she's a great friend of mine and it hurts me that you're talking about her like that. Or I'm really trying hard to stop gossiping. I don't want to be part of this conversation. Again, I know it's hard, but how much stronger would your child feel if they had the confidence to say things like, how would you like it if we talked about you that way when you're not around? Or is this how good thing, how good friends talk about each other? Or why would you want to do that to her? Why would you want to say that about her? She's our friend. Just some food for thought. I hope this has been helpful. I hope you all have a great start to the school year and we will talk to you next week. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen. I'm Coach Kim Peek of Power of Run, and you can find me at www.crushingmygoals.com or on all social media as at sign Power of Run. If you liked this episode, be sure to give the podcast some love over on iTunes and remember to subscribe. As a new podcast, your reviews and stars and subscribes will help me grow the audience so that I can share my love of health and fitness and bring more experts to the show. Power up your week, and I will catch you next Tuesday.